what's his face? The one that you said Rodimus would make out with. I yeah. like that. Hello and welcome to the AfterSpark podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Owls. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 41, Making Tracks. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Sure, let's do it. Once upon a time in New York City, something something, cars being pretty. So we open up with two punks in the background on a rather beat-up pink car. In the foreground, we see a blue Corvette Stingray with a large winged Autobot logo on its hood. Because it's a tracks episode, y'all. One of the punks says, those wheels are rude. Wait, wait, is that? Was that actual 80s slang? I, I feel like I've never actually heard that used by, you know, a person. Neither have I, and I don't know, neither of us existed then, which I guess dates us, rather. <laughs> we were but a, a twinkle in our father's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Trax is just what they've always wanted as the two punks pick his door locks and hop on in. One gets into the driver's seat and the other spots an expensive looking red boombox in the back seat. <sighs> they jam to some tunes on our buddy blaster. I'm really confused. Why do they not just use Trax's stereo? Maybe they're listening to whatever cassette blaster has got in his player? Ah yes, the soothing sounds of eject. Please note, Eject does not actually appear in this episode. <laughs> yep, he is sir not appearing in this film today. Because Soundwave is allowed to have buddies, but Blaster does not get any for a while, I swear. They're on break. They're always on break. <laughs> They're always on break. The two punks drive the new joyride to a shady warehouse and meet an even shadier man. Apparently, Trax is only worth $800, which is still too little, even adjusted for inflation at $2,526.99. Oh, that's so accurate. <laughs> Thank you, inflation calculator. <laughs> I would think that he'd be worth, you know, closer to 8000 in current uh, U.S. dollars, but this is probably a chop shop, and they're definitely not getting paid market value for, here, for anything here. I would say they're getting ripped off, even. <laughs> Yeah. So Trax says nothing about this clear insult, but transforms into robot mode, scattering all the humans. One of the punks is still carrying Blaster, who transforms and picks up uh, both the punks like two naughty little kittens. <laughs> the shady chop shop guy makes it just outside the door before running headlong into Optimus, and then he pulls a gun on Optimus and shoots at him. And it's a laser gun, no less. How did this man get a laser gun? It's through the power of 80s cartoons and they're not allowed to use real bullets. Oh, maybe this should have been our first uh, hint about who our true enemies are in this episode. <laughs> Perhaps, maybe. The Autobots head on back to Sparkplug's garage after, you know, finishing busting up that chop shop. Is this a new thing that Sparkplug's acquired since getting chummy with the Autobots or has he had this this entire time? He's the most interesting man in the world. I mean, it could be either. Really could. But to make this more confusing, when they arrive back at the garage, it really does look like an Autobot construction of some sort, not a man-made one. It's even Autobot Orange. How about that? <laughs> hey, hey, you know, do you, do you think they went shopping for just the right earth paint color to match? Like, they can't- or did they have paint <laughs> on the arc? I, I have concerns. I have questions. <laughs> 
someone probably went and got, you know, color swatches <laughs> and compared them to the arc. They made Sunstreaker do it. <laughs> oh, Sunstreaker tracks. They went and, you know, got Carly because she had better color vision than Spike. Obviously. Even. So Trax uh, talks about how he likes New York and he could stay here forever. His teammates poke fun at Trax's cosmopolitan preferences, even saying he'd rather hang out with humans than them. Okay, so apparently Trax is so attracted to humans even before meeting Raoul that the other Autobots regularly kink shame him about it. Oh, he just cares about the culture. He's a man of culture. Uh-huh, uh-huh. will. Sure. Our current New York roster includes not only Optimus, Blaster, and Trax, but also Power Glide, Cosmos, Sea Spray, and Hoist and Huffer. Yay, Cosmos! It's gonna be a weird, weird day for New York. <laughs> yeah, they must be used to it by now. Optimus sends these various Autobots out to patrol the area, but Trax walks off in a huff to go take a drive. And apparently the state of New York City is so bad in the 80s that immediately after getting on the road, three dudes run out into the street and try to rob whomever they think is driving tracks. Those windows are either tinted or these are the dumbest robbers in existence who are trying to rob an empty car. They're opportunists. <laughs> Dumb opportunists. Because they are, in fact, the dumbest robbers in the world as they eventually realize that there is definitely no one in that damn car. And they also have laser guns and shoot at tracks. <sighs> one of the shots hits his tire and he goes careening into a convenient lamp post. Obviously, Trax is devastated by the cosmetic damage. He has discovered that New York is not all bright lights and fancy shit. It's also men with laser guns. Trax tries to transform, but apparently getting dinged up like that was just too much damage. A young man sees Trax and is basically like, Oh, well, it's damaged, but it's still a sports car. I'm going to take it home with me. What he actually says is, well, apparently nobody wants you, so that makes you mine. <laughs> like, that is not how that works, Raul. Haven't you read fanfic? Of course that's how that works. <laughs> well, considering some of the random accidental baby acquisition things that I've read. What? <laughs> baby acquisition was a thing that got said to me today. I had to hear it now, so do you, dear listeners. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Sometimes fanfic is very weird. <laughs> accidental Dude. car acquisition, accidental baby acquisition. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, that is not how any of that stuff works. <laughs> Trax is currently unable to drive, and the man enlists some people to help push him into an abandoned lot of some sort. Of course, this young man, as we alluded to earlier, is Raoul, and he again comments on whoever owned Trax before, he owns him now. Trax replies, nobody owned me. I'm mine. Raoul did not expect his new car to talk to him tonight. Well, I think if I was Raoul, I would have uh, maybe taken a step back to... <laughs> rethink you my know, life choices <laughs> yeah but so yeah Trax asks Raul to repair him and we find out that Raul intends to sell him presumably because he has promised a car to two dangerous characters named the Gettys brothers by midnight Raul says the first time I try to steal a car and I get one with a big mouth Trax is being somewhat snooty about however Raul got car parts at this time of night but Raul's 
not in the mood to get, you know, a lecture from a car. <laughs> he pops open Trax's hood and comments on what the hell is all this machinery, only, you know, without the hell, because we are talking about an 80s cartoon, before snipping an innocent looking wire. Cutting said innocent, delicate little wire completely incapacitates Trax. <laughs> Because apparently that's the main cable to his computer. And that seems like quite a design flaw. I hope that doesn't become important in any way, shape, or form later in this episode. Sea <laughs> 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 spray is patrolling the river and is cranky about humans being litter bugs. While Paraglide yeah. and Cosmos report to Prime that they have not seen any Decepticons or tracks. Hoist complains about being stuck in traffic due to a car accident and hops out of Huffer to help. Which is hilarious because Huffer is shorter than him in robot mode, but Hoist apparently has no problem riding in him. And when we say riding in him, we mean riding in his cab, not in his back seat. Or, you know. <laughs> Whatever you want to take that as yeah. any window for. <laughs> well, that wasn't what I was thinking. I was just, he's not riding in, like, a pickup truck bed or something. Oh, yeah, okay, I get you. Huffer laments that they can't all just fly like Trax before we cut back to Trax and Raul. Trax is looking much better as his front end has been hammered out and, you know, fixed up, and Raul is in the process of polishing him. Which I'm sure Trax is appreciating. Mm-hmm. Two large adult men have apparently stopped by to shake this teenage boy down. These are the Gettys brothers, and they want their car, and even call Raul a bad little boy. Yeah, that's, um, well, I mean, that's incredibly creepy. Five, which, I mean, it's the creepiest thing they could have possibly said. In this exact scenario, yes. Raul's in immediate danger! Cut to commercial! Or shockwave modeling. You know, striking a pose. <laughs> and after we're done with that, uh, we're back, and uh, these guys insinuate they're going to give Raul his own set of cement shoes! Well, I guess they're part of the mafia or something? <laughs> I don't but, know yeah. what they are, but yeah, they're like, uh, can't give us a car? Murder. Yeah. And then Trax comes to the, oh, well, comes to the rescue by driving up and transforming and putting the intimidation on. And because, you know, and the guy's grand plan to get away from the giant metal man is to chuck Raul at him. Who is obviously caught gently in Trax's hands and is totally fine. Trax is a very careful fellow. Uh, yes, I would hope so. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the two Gettys brothers hop in their car and speed off. Cue a not-so-high-speed car chase as Trax transforms and chases after them with Raul in tow. Passing by such renowned New York locations as the Casablanca Abba Cafe. Don't forget about the appliance store and bar, or quite possibly the store and bra. We can't tell. It's unclear. Also the fashion forker. Because I don't know what was going on with these names, but boy are they a joy to read. Raul thinks that they have lost the Gettys brothers, but Trax says hardly and takes to the air. And it is at this point that uh, Trax finally introduces himself to Raul. Yeah, Raul's basically just been calling him Car this entire time, I think. I rather suspect Trax has been pouting over that. Probably. Uh, Raul and Trax do lose sight of the guys near the docks and head back to the empty lot from before. Trax has reached the conclusion that the Gettys brothers are working with the Decepticons. Which, you'd think if you were working closely with either the Autobots or the Decepticons, you'd take the time to learn their damn badge colors so you don't accidentally ruin your entire plans by mouthing off to the wrong bot. Because 
I don't remember what the Gettys brothers said, but they were like, wait, what are you doing here? Or something, I think, to Trax? Yeah, something like that. And I mean, it's an 80s cartoon. Nobody's getting points for intelligence here. Except maybe Perceptor. Because Percy always gets intelligence points. Trax asks Raul to take him to where the brothers are storing the stolen cars, and Trax says he's going undercover as a stolen car. Again! <laughs> you know, because that's what he just spent all night doing. He knows what he is. He knows he wants to, he knows he has to be the damsel in distress here. <laughs> they arrive down at the docks and see a parade of cars on a bridge crossing the Hudson into Jersey. I regret to inform you that at this time we are legally obligated to make a New Jersey joke. <clears throat> of course the Decepticons are in Jersey! Oh, the Gettys brothers cross the bridge and Trax and Raul follow. Back with Powerglide, he reports spotting Starscream to Optimus. Starscream realizes pretty quickly that he's being followed and tries to lose Powerglide, but is shot at by Cosmos, who wishes him a terrible day. You know, considering the last time they met, I can hardly blame Cosmos for not liking him. <laughs> Neither can I. Yeah. That whole idol thing, it just didn't go over super well, you know? Yeah. Starscream lands and transforms, running into a shopping mall that somehow is somehow scaled to fit them. Roughly. And somehow still open, like Trax earlier kind of insinuated it was rather late at night. But whatever! Cosmos and Powerglide follow him in, but Starscream opens fire on both of them and the smattering of humans in this huge, again, very empty mall. Yep. Powerglide and Cosmos repeatedly lose sight of Starscream who really should still be in their line of sight. Because he's like one floor up from them. That's how this is going, essentially. And so I'm just like, do you two need your optics checked? Maybe. <laughs> Ratchet, it's time for an eye exam. <laughs> yeah, time to check out their sensors. Starscream gets the drop on them again and knocks them off a higher level of the mall before escaping via smashing through the ceiling. Because nobody can use a fucking door. <laughs> yeah, no one can really use a door here. Powerglide and Cosmos report into Optimus, who, based on Starscream's escape direction, concludes the Decepticons are in New Jersey, and most likely, the Pine Barrens. Pine Barrens? I am now massively disappointed by the lack of Jersey Devil in this episode. I don't think they had the budget for the Jersey Devil. I mean, if you've seen the Jersey Devil, I honestly, I am devastated. Devastated. I did not get to see great Transformers animation for this demonic beast. <laughs> Because I want it so bad. <laughs> Maybe the Jersey Devil will appear in some other iteration of Transformers at some point. But will Just it imagine be it? But will it Transform be bad eighties animations? <laughs> well, someone could do um, Transformers versus American Cryptids and <laughs> potentially do it with bad eighties animation. That sounds like a delight. <laughs> However, speaking of the Pine Barrens, the Geddes brothers drop off all the cars and then they send all the drivers back to the city on a bus. Of course, the camera pans over to the right and we see Megatron, who was apparently in uh, plain sight this entire time or showed up extremely stealthily in the last five seconds. The Geddes brothers, having delivered the shit ton of cars, ask Megatron where their million dollars is. Megatron, being Megatron, just aims his fusion cannon at them and says, right here. They shoot at Megatron with their teeny little pea shooter laser guns, which is just as ineffective against him as they've been against all the other giant robots that have been shot at in this episode. 
The two humans managed to dodge the fusion cannon blast and presumably run off into the woods. Trax and Raoul are in the trees nearby, and Trax only just now attempts to contact Optimus, but is unable to due to a broken radio. Soundwave and Rumble are loading cars into a giant conveyor belt as Trax gets closer to investigate. Trax is really pulling a Daphne this episode, it feels like. <laughs> it really is. As the cars are pulled into the building, Scrapper is waiting just inside with a giant sword. I keep wanting to say laser sword, but I don't remember. And he hits them with the sword. Trax is not happy about possibly becoming Robot Sushi, and the wire repair from earlier conveniently chooses that moment to fall to pieces. Raul used electrical tape, or at least it certainly looks like electrical tape. And speaking from experience, electrical tape does not just fall apart like that! It's plot. <laughs> I know it's plot, but they should have used, I don't know, like masking tape or something that doesn't stick very well. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. I was switching my brain to off. <laughs> Raul notices that Trax isn't moving and Whisper shouts at him to get out of there. Trax is in mortal danger. Time for a commercial break. Raul runs out and yells at the nearby cons that they'd better not touch his car. Megatron gives him a look that can only be described as, where the fuck did this one come from? We had gotten rid of the humans. Unfortunately, humans are a bit of an infestation, Megatron. Raul... They will turn up wherever. <laughs> they truly will. And then Raul lies and says he had a bomb in his car. Raul goes big. Megatron then threatens him with his fusion cannon for a bit uh, because he wants him to remove the non-existent bomb. Starscream and Soundwave are just, you know, chilling nearby. Rumble was just here. Is he on coffee break? Probably. <laughs> See, the Decepticons have legally mandated breaks is what I'm getting from this. <sighs> they stop at the conveyor belt and Raoul fixes tracks, who quickly transforms and opens fire. And then the two of them basically run away. <laughs> yep. And Ravage and Rumble follow on foot. So much for that coffee break. But now Trax is running low on energy because he's kind of been all over the place tonight. He feels faint. And he plans to make his last stand in robot mode. Hey, you do what you gotta do, I suppose. But Raul runs off trying to draw the cassettes away. And Ravage nearly gets him before being tackled out of nowhere by a sideswipe. He and Jazz arrive as well and the three of them chase off the cassettes. Trax and Raul are brought back to the Autobot base, or Sparkplug's garage anyway, and shortly after, the missing cars, which were modified by the Decepticons, begin to enter the city. Optimus, Ratchet, and Blaster attempt to stop as many as possible on a bridge. I mean, good idea, natural choke point. Right, but then all the cars transform into robots and fire on the group of Autobots. Meanwhile, Beast, Sideswipe, Inferno, and Trax take on the cars that have already entered the city. Thankfully, the cars are terrible shots and miss the Autobots. Unfortunately, they end up hitting a nearby skyscraper and it gets on fire now. <laughs> Inferno goes to play King Kong and climbs up to put it out. And then Ironhide, Huffer, and Windcharger engage another group of cars. I love that when these Decepticon cars transform, all of their robot modes are the exact same red and yellow color scheme, despite their vehicle modes all being different colors. Uh, the, uh, the Decepticons got all of that, uh, got all that paint on discount or something. <laughs> Obviously. On the bridge, Ratchet examines one of the downed cars and realizes they're being, uh, you know, they're remote controlled. So they broadcast a jamming signal and all the nearby cars at least stop. The Autobots then head to the Pine Barrens to destroy the Decepticon base of the week that uh, Trax and Raul found before. 
Optimus yells, we're putting your company into bankruptcy, Megatron. Did Cybertron have bankruptcies? Either that or the Autobots have been very well educated on Earth's financial systems, which I would not put past, you know, Prowl insisting that they know. Right, my brain just went, obviously Spike told them about this, and they were educated about Earth's financial institutions by a 14-year-old boy, mostly just because that's funnier. Oh, and probably uh, Sparkplug coming in and having to uh, re-educate <laughs> Anyway, bankruptcies aside, another firefight ensues. Raul has the power of a crowbar and God on his side and runs into the building to destroy the control panel, but is quickly snatched up by Megatron. So wait, you're telling me that not only did Raul just march off into that building by himself to wreck shit, but also that Megatron was prescient enough to go inside and stop him despite being outside three seconds ago. Yep. All right then. Megatron walks back outside with Raoul and tells the Autobots they'd better stop firing. Raoul, to his credit, is attempting to get out of Megatron's hand at this entire time. Trax is threatening to turn Megatron into scrap metal himself if he harms Raoul. Again, they've known each other for like a couple of hours tops. If they're like yep. ride or die, it's great. Mm -hmm. Unable to get out of Megatron's grasp, Raoul reaches into his coat, pulls out a can of spray paint, mashes a button on Megatron's torso, opens a panel, and then sprays paint into it. This is apparently enough to completely incapacitate Megatron, who falls onto the ground. Soundwave and Rumble grab Megatron and fly off to the main Decepticon HQ. And they're never seen again, obviously not. But uh, a well-placed <laughs> shot from Trax causes the entire building to go up in flames. Well, that was uh, incredibly badly built. Are you insinuating that the Constructicons have shoddy workmanship? Well, they may not have been the ones called in to do that <laughs> this week. I mean, fair, he has so many. Even the Constructicons need a break. Back in New York, all the Decepticon cars are parked in and around Sparkplug's garage. They plan to fix them all and return them to their actual owners, but Sparkplug's not sure if Ratchet and him can handle it, even with Wheeljack helping out. Rel takes this as his cue to leave, but Trax walks over and picks him up and drops him next to a nearby car, apparently volunteering his labor. The two bicker good-naturedly as the episode ends. So they're a couple now, right? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes! Or at least ride-or-die buddies, <laughs> who may eventually evolve into a couple. For clarification, they're not actually in a romantic relationship because this was the 80s, but there is some fanfic, which we have for recommendations in a moment. But... Mm -hmm. Join us next time for the Autobot run, in which the Autobots will do no running, because they will not have legs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a race, dudes! So, Elsa has uh, our fanfic recommendations for today, if you would like to take it away. Uh, if you're not aware from my jokes during this episode, I actually really like Trax and Raul as a pairing, so I just actually had these already. Uh, which doesn't happen that often. <laughs> um, so our two picks for today are Danger Sudden Swerve by Chibibi, or uh, Rebecca underscore Mo in parentheses. It is G1 cartoon. It is PG-13. It's Slash. Our pairing is Trax and Raul. Our characters are Trax and Raul. And in summary, all it takes is one wrong turn to find yourself somewhere new and amazing. Uh, obviously, this is based on this episode having tracks in it, and it is a collection of shorts. 
And then our second fic for today is Following the Tracks by Little Miss Sweetgrass. Continuity is actually Transformers Prime for a change. It is rated T, it is slash, again, characters and pairings are Tracks and Raul. Although I do want to point out that there's actually a lot of characters from a lot of different continuities that get pulled into this one, which makes it a lot of fun. So a lot of the human characters from IDW show up, um, as well as some Autobots that basically got humanized as human characters within the context of they were in relationships with some of the other human characters. But uh, it's really neat. It's nice to see some of these characters that have basically not popped up in anything for years. Like, uh, is it Asteria or Astoria? Uh, the one that's in love with Powerglide. Yeah. She pops up. I don't up. actually remember her. I don't remember her name, I'm afraid. Uh, but her, the rich chick, uh, pops up. So does Chip. It's really nice. Definitely recommend. Uh, it is, unfortunately, ongoing, so it's not completed yet. So I'm like, it's, it's very good. And I read every single update. Uh, but in summary, at the start of Transformers Prime, they mentioned that it's been three years since the last Decepticon attack. But what if it was also the last time they lost a team member? Trax was attacked and abandoned in New York City with no way to contact his fellow Autobots. It just so happens that he meets a young man that will help him survive amongst the humans until he can make it back to his team. But what if they can't make it back to them before they leave Earth? And again, it's a Trax for all whoops, <laughs> you know, uh, recommendation. <laughs> I know I need to read that one. It's, it's just very good. <laughs> it's okay. I have had the worst time keeping up with Fix this year because 2020 is the gift that keeps on giving. I realize this will get posted in 2021, but we are recording it at the end of 2020. Yeah. It's been a bad year, folks, but I think you already know that. <laughs> Most people do, anyway. So our uh, recommendation for today is Lantana. Uh, they have a Tumblr and a Pixiv. And their thing is chibis, basically, uh, kind of. Uh, that's a bit of an oversimplification. But their colors are lovely, and they have some very super, super, super duper cute chibi robots. They're soft, they're colorful, I love them, and I want to give them all hugs. So uh, some of the ones we're recommending, one of them is, uh, it's basically at least an IDW-esque Megatron, but done up as a medic. That makes a lot more sense if you've read the comics, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and then there's one where uh, they decide, where his Decepticons decide to get him a birthday present. That birthday present is basically, <laughs> a, you know, a captured and tied up Optimus Prime in a giant present box. Tied up with a big pink ribbon. <laughs> of course. And then our other one is a sound wave with a bunch of itty bitty kitties and him feeding them. It is super cute. <laughs> Like, initially I thought that this was a weird Polly Pocket situation where Soundwave had a Polly Pocket house <laughs> for cats in his chest. It does not, but... <laughs> that would be funny. They've also got a lot more stuff they've posted since I added them to our recommendation list that is also gorgeous, including some Shattered Glass stuff, which, because I love Shattered Glass, and there's not a ton of stuff of it. So, uh, yeah, check out their work. It's lovely. Yeah, it's really pretty. I really like the sound wave and cats. It's it's just, it's so cute. <laughs> it is very cute. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Els. Toodles.